sang and they saw to our attention, my goodness, we are so blessed to live in the country that we live in and have all the religious freedoms that we have. Along this line, if you would, uh, please turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. I want to read one verse. 1 Peter chapter 5. I'm going to share with you about uh, making it through tough times. I've shared just a little about what our brothers and sisters are going through in regards to very tough, tough, tough times. And I want to share with you just some thoughts about how we can make it through tough times. First Peter chapter 5, I will look at verse 7. Peter just instructs us to, he says, Casting all your care upon him. For he careth for you. Some of you are here today perhaps wondering how you're going to go through what you're going through. We have so many people today that are struggling, they're suffering, and they're struggling. We've had the hurricanes uh, in Puerto Rico. Uh, We would have had a guest here this morning. He'll be with us at the Disciple Rally tonight, Brother Carlos Marin. And from Puerto Rico was going to share with us briefly this morning at the church here in our worship service, but he wasn't able to to be here this morning, but he'll be at our disciple rally tonight. In Puerto Rico, the entire country is pretty well devastated, destroyed, but there are people there and there are believers there and they're wondering, no doubt, how we're going to go through all this pain, how we're going to go through this tragedy, how we're going to make it through the suffering. We've had people involved with the earthquakes in Mexico people struggling with the natural disasters, but struggling, um, countries struggling economically, struggling uh, uh, in regards to natural disasters, their economy, uh, uh, a lot of them are going through famine, just a lot of people around the world struggling, suffering. And so you may be suffering or struggling some way today. Perhaps one of the worst that we can imagine is what Kyle shared with us about our brothers and sisters being persecuted, put to death in regards to their faith. But some of you may be here today wondering how you can go on and how you can continue. See, God has the answer, and it's found there in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. And he says simply, when you turn to him, when you trust him, he's ready more, even more and willing to help you in whatever you're going through. So, Peter wrote 1 Peter 5, verse 7, and he simply said this, casting all your care, the NIV says, casting all your anxiety upon him because he careth for you. I want you to pause just for a moment, and I want you to begin to, to just kind of reflect and imagine uh, can, how you can uh, put all of your anxiety upon him, but think about the early Christians that Peter was writing to during this period of time and what they were going through. I call it the three H's. They were, they were uh, hunted, they were hated, and they were hurt. And this was what they were experiencing. And so in 1 Peter 5, 7, he says, cast all your care, casting all your care upon him. That word cast literally means to roll your trouble, roll your trials, roll your test over on God. The word cast is used only one other time in the New Testament. It's used in Luke chapter 
19, verse 35, it's when the disciples cast a blanket over the donkey that Jesus would ride into Jerusalem there prior to Good Friday. And they brought him, Jesus, and they cast their garment upon the coat, and they set Jesus thereon. And so literally he, he made his uh, triumphal entry into Jerusalem after that garment had been cast upon that donkey. It seemed the obvious thing to do was to cast that blanket, that covering upon that donkey. So therefore the instructions from Peter to all of us who are struggling, who are suffering in various areas of, of being human, of the human life, is roll your feelings, cast your feelings, roll your feelings, your anxiety, your fear, your worry, your discouragement. Roll all of those things over on Jesus. Now why do we do that? It's real simple, because he careth for you. Cast all your care upon Jesus, upon him, for he careth for you. He used Cast all your care. That word care there in this particular verse is used in the singular or in the plural. It's not singular. So when he says cast all your care upon him, that's plural. So we're to cast anything. We're to cast everything that would bind us and hinder us and burden us. Cast all of our depression. Cast our financial worries. Cast our grief. Cast our sorrow. Cast our addiction Cast our anxiety, our fear, our discouragement. Cast our heartache. Cast our burden. Cast anything, all of our care, plural, upon Jesus. Why? Because he careth for us. The ESV says he cares for us. The Christian Standard Bible says he cares about you. So the point is that God has, on, has only one care and that care is for us. God has only one care, and that care is for us. That care is for mankind. Peter is saying, let Jesus bear it all because you are his only care. Think of that. You and I, mankind, humans, are his only care. You say, Brother Sammy, doesn't he care about the earth? Doesn't he care about the world? Doesn't he care about the animals? Doesn't he care about... Uh, about the planets, doesn't he care about my dog, doesn't he care about my cat? Well, he cares to some degree, but he cares mostly for us because he died for us. He didn't die for any of those other things that I mentioned. Therefore, we can't give up as individuals because we know that he cares about us. He cares for us. And so Jesus cares for you. He put so we're to put it all on him. We're to trust him because we are the only thing, literally, that he cared enough about that he died for. He cares for us. But I'll notice something else. There's, there's hope in these hopeless times. Uh, making it through the tough times. There's hope for the tough times. Over in 1 Kings chapter 18, if you'll turn over there just for a moment. 1 Kings chapter 18, you have... Um, uh, you have the story about a man that sung about earlier in the worship service. You have a story about a man by the name of Elijah. And Elijah would go up against 450 prophets of Baal. And in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 17 through 40, you can read about uh, his assignment with the prophets at Baal. But there would be a showdown on Mount Carmel. 
and this one man would face 450 prophets of Baal. So the showdown would come, and the purpose for the showdown was to prove the one true God, whether it would be Jehovah or where it would be Baal. And so in 1 Kings chapter 18, if you'll look at verse 37 through verse 39, listen to what God said. And this is, the, this is at the end of the showdown, verse 38 in 1 Kings 18. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed. Look at verse 37 first. Verse 37, 1 Kings 18. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that these people may know that thou art the Lord thy God, or Lord God, and thou hast turned their hearts back again. Then the fire, in verse 38, the fire of the Lord fell, consumed the burnt sacrifices, the wood, the stone, the dust, licked up the water that was in the trench. In verse 39, and when all the people saw it, they fell on their face and they said, The Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. And so Elijah showed these 450 prophets of Baal that who true Jehovah was, that there was a true God. In 18, uh, chapter 18, verse 40, the Bible says that Elijah slew all those 450 prophets of Baal. And then in chapter 19, verse 3, uh, verse 1 through 3, notice, report came back to Ahab and Jezebel, a wicked king and a wicked queen, and Ahab said in verse 1, told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and, and with all how he had slain the prophets with the sword. And Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more so if I make not thy life as the life of one of them tomorrow about this time. And verse 3, And when he saw that, he rose and he went for his life and he came to Beersheba and belongeth to Judah and left his servant there. And so when he heard that the king and Jezebel in particular was upset, he fled for his life. He just defeated 450 prophets of Baal. The point of it, he hid. So the question I asked was, what brought Elijah from the point of victory to the point of discouragement where he would go hide? Instead of trusting the one who had worked a miracle in his life, he began to look at the circumstances and he and he began to believe a lie that he would die at the hand of Jezebel. 1 Kings chapter 19, look at verse 9 if you will. And he came thither to a cave, and he lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, What dost thou hear, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? Verse 12. Uh, verse 12. Well, look at verse 11. I'm going to go ahead and read verse 11. Um, and he said, Go forth, stand up on the mount before the Lord. Behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountain, break it in pieces, and rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. But after the fire a still small voice. And all of a sudden, after the earthquake, after the fire, after all of the things you would think you would hear God in, God spoke in a still, small voice. And so the point of it is, sooner or later, if we get so discouraged and we run and we hide, God will speak to us. He'll speak to us and he'll begin to remind us of the great things that he's done for us in our life. We need to begin, even right now, in your own family, in our church family, to begin to remember past victories and past miracles and past prayers past miracles that God has done and past victories that we were able to accomplish and through God's help and only through his help and then prayers. 
because God knows where you are. He knows where we are. He knows how to find us. He knows the hope you need, the hope I need to make the journey home as Christ and Justin sang about just a few minutes ago. He knows the hope we need to make our journey home. So the point being, don't give up. Jesus cares for you, and there is hope in tough times. Let's have a word of prayer together. Father, I come to you, and I thank you for an opportunity we have to come into your presence today. I thank you for each person here. And God, uh, we've been reminded today just uh, about our brothers and sisters who are suffering for Christ's sake. And today, Father, we, we pray for those, Lord, who are suffering all over the world. But then at the same time, we know, Lord, that there is, there is hope in tough times because our faith and trust is in you. And so, Father, we come to you at this time, and we pray that for those that are discouraged and, and rejected and, and disappointed for whatever reason, we pray they won't give up. Lord, as having put their faith and trust in you, we pray that they won't give up. And we pray they'll understand that, Lord, that you care for us more than anything in this world and of this world. You died for us. And, Father, we know that through our Lord, through our Savior, there is hope in hopeless times. There's hope in troubled times and tough times. And so we pray for those today that may be so discouraged there may be some here today, Lord, who are discouraged and never put their faith and trust in you. And they're going through life all alone, trying to attack, trying to figure out the problems they're experiencing. And I pray today, Lord, that you've spoken to their heart. Let them know that, that they need a Savior to live an abundant life here and to have eternal life after, after this place. And so I pray that you'll speak to people today who have never trusted you, that today they put their faith and trust in you. Help us, remind us, Lord, as believers, how much you love us and how much you care for us. Thank you for what you're going to do during this invitation hymn. Help us to realize, Lord, how our brothers and sisters are suffering, but yet, Lord, uh, how blessed we are to live here. And, Father, to think of the petty things that would hinder us from serving you and being what you want us to be while others are giving their life for you. Thank you for the blessings you've blessed us with, for the, the things that we have, the carry-on ministry here, the technology that we have. Uh, Lord, the discipleship that's available to us and people over the world who are believers, 75% of the other parts of the world are, are hiding and being persecuted for their faith. Help us to put everything in perspective. Thank you for what you're going to do during this invitation time, and we make this prayer in Jesus' name.